From the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council, this is the A Cuppa and a Yarn podcast. Hello and welcome to A Cuppa and a Yarn from the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. I'm Michelle Alexandrovic's Lovegrove and uh, I'm having a cuppa and a yarn today with Alfred Wellington, who's the CEO of Geringer Local Aboriginal Land Council. Alfred, thanks for sparing the time to have a yarn today. Hi, Michelle, and hi, everyone listening. For anyone who doesn't know much about uh, Geringer, about the community, about where you are, can you tell us a little bit? You're on the, the south coast of New South Wales. Yeah, we're uh, about over two hours south of Sydney mm-hmm. um, where 25 k's off the highway east um, the community is on the mouth of the Crookhaven River um, the headland out here is, was called uh, Jurungra so it's been a little bit changed a bit to suit you know the way um, our language has been anglicized and made easier to talk so and the community here was uh, the reserve was gazetted in the early 1900s, and uh, some of the there's some old shacks that were um, brought down on the barge through the the rivers from Shellhaven River to the Crookhaven um, from the Berry Estate um, at the the south side of uh, Cullingutty Mountain, which is um pretty um, special um, in its cultural and spiritual significance to the south coast aboriginal people the community's been called uh roseby park too uh Mm -hmm. so named after um rose berry which is um a family member of the berry so alexander berry um who's so-called um named after the town berry so you know uh, had a huge land grant all around that area and um it was named after uh, his family, but uh, more commonly known in, in the our language is Jurinja, uh, yeah. And you are a discrete Aboriginal community as well. Um, yeah, we're classed as a you know, discrete Aboriginal community, um, uh, even though we we live uh, with adjoining villages, so you know, Orient Point and Colborough, with a small population of around three thousand four hundred plus people from the last census a few years back. As far as you go, your community, how's Geringer community faring at the moment? There's definitely a, a uneasy feeling um, around the community and around, you know, local Colborough and Orient Point. It's, you know, the word gets used a lot, unprecedented. It, it's, uh, it's a strange... Um, surreal sort of feeling. Mm. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are getting on with life as usual because, well, most of the time through the week especially, it's a quite little village just like any other time of the year. Mm. Um, you know, people still walk, maybe walk to Colborough, walk the beaches, um, you know, go out and get their coffee and other stuff. It feels different going to the supermarket. Um mm. You know, you can sense that um, people are a bit... Uh, edgy? Yeah, edgy, a bit uneasy. It's a bit worrying for the older people too because um, they're at more, as we know, more at risk. So, you know, we're doing what a lot of other communities do, uh, I suppose, um, doing the shopping for the older people. I'm 
in contact with um, some support groups, um, so you know, um, um, church groups and family and community services, and trying to work out um, little ways we can support them as far as you know some packs and stuff like that. And I've you know of course I've dialed into the teleconferences with um, news well with the head office like the, some communities down the coast. So yeah, we're trying to stay informed. Mm. It's hard not to stay informed. I think it's more of a, you know, try to switch off from it now and then. We've got to be very mindful. And my mother says that, you know, you know don't get caught up in it too much. Um, you know, this this can have effect on people. And mm. I suppose that's where we're at an advantage in a place like where we are mm-hmm. and, and other communities up and down the coast and out west. Um, we're a bit more isolated and we can, there's ways we can switch off and, and go get away from stuff and away from technology, go out and do some fishing or, or you know, for walk on country and do stuff like that. Alfred, I just do want to make mention and for anybody listening that um, uh, Alfred was uh, mentioned his mother. Alfred's mum is uh, an amazing legendary woman called Delia Lowe who uh, is uh, one of the original warriors of the land rights movement in New South Wales, isn't she? She's a very humble woman, though, me mum. Um, yeah. I think what's drove me mum over the years is that um, you know, being out on country and some things happening out there when she's been out there, but um, at a young age identified by elders in the early days um, when they were looking at ways to get our culture recognised and protected and having land rights. Um, so, yeah, she's she's been involved with those older people that are, you know, rest in peace, they've passed on now all that time. And I actually learnt a lot from my mother. Um, uh, I didn't learn a lot um, uh, as far as secondary school, uh, high school, um, but I, I had a good primary school um, in Kalbara. Mm. That was um, the foundation of my, you know, learning and stuff. But it's always been about family and like a lot of our people learning in our, in our more traditional ways is get taken along to stuff. As you get older, um, taken along to meetings and stuff like that. So I've learnt most of my stuff about community and this sort of stuff, land rights and cultural stuff uh, from me mother and you know uncles and aunties and so forth i'm very respectful of you know what she you know when she gives me advice when i'm lucky to get some advice off her okay. uh, um, <laughs> yeah. and alfred given that though with all the the messaging and 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 now you know the rules new laws being set about social mm. distancing mm. hand washing in our homes going mm. out in groups of more than two how do you feel about community having sort of taken this up that's a really alien concept. How do you explain to our people to go, you know, just you two fellows go out or you two girls doing, you know, you're not a bit, you're not allowed to take your, the rest of the mob doing this or that. Um, it's just all about education and saying the big picture and the seriousness of this is that we don't know where the illness is and where it can come from. From what the Prime Minister said about funerals, uh, how do you say to our people you can only have 10 people at a funeral? I know there's other ways with the, 
and go about this stuff, the sorry business, but that's, an, that's a very difficult one too to do with sorry business we know that we all do this stuff together we all mourn together it's new times and I think it you know I know that our ancestors were masters at adjusting to changes in life and that you know I think that's what our strength was mm. um, that um, we could adjust to any times you know we've been you know, our ancestors have been through you know the ice ages the droughts and all the changes in the landscapes and just the fire and the whole lot. Um, so I think that if anything that we can draw on, I think that's a key thing we can draw on is that just think about our ancestors, how adaptable they were. They were um, masters of adaption, adaption to the um, environment and, and society that we lived in. And with Sorry Business and with for other communities perhaps but I do know that many have similar protocols you know a funeral is not just a funeral it's a whole lot no. more there's a, there's whole mm-hmm. cultural obligations on us as, yeah. as the one uh, farewelling the one who's leaving us going uh, to join our ancestors um, catching up with your mob that you yeah. might not have seen for a while that happens all the time you catch up and talk about how's life treating you and all that and um, to go to uh, sorry, business, and you can't do that. It's um, it, it's a difficult one. And what about people coming in, Alfred? What are your options for people from outside your community coming in, particularly because you you're wanting to keep the virus out and and keep people mm. in the community safe? That's something that we haven't um, made any decisions on as far as our, our land council goes. Um, mm. We'll have some pre- preliminary discussions in the meantime, but it's a little bit different here as we're sort of uh, discreet, but we have got local villages. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've got another 3,000 plus people close by. We've got um, Nara close by. We've got two roads, one way in and another way out. You know, people can access the community pretty easy. In saying that, if the community desire to take some measures, we'll look at that as it as it comes up. Yeah. So for yourself, though, I know that uh, when we were talking earlier, uh, are you you're back at the Lauk? Are you at the Lauk now? I'm back at the Lauk. So uh, it's, it's a strange time. Um, all this adjusting stuff about how many people you, that comes around and uses the space, um, whether you can work at home, how you work at home. Um, so we have got a building that's used for medical service. It was being used as a medical service up until last week. Um, so there was two, two half days of use of consultation, mm. um, another half day. So a podiatrist comes there, was coming there once a month, um, a couple other services here and there, but that's been cancelled now. So um, mostly back in the office four days a week, most Lauks are they run on a shoestring budget and you know you, you only got a couple of people working so you might have a, someone in my position and you got um, a part-time admin mm. um, officer it's actually as it, it's turned out it's business as usual but it's not yes so some so some of the stuff that you were doing before um, so doing field field work you know you got a couple of guys and girls doing field work 
cultural stuff, they're not doing that anymore. Well, you can't have more than two or three people to get two people together. So, you know, and there's some other stuff that we were doing is um, doing some land management. Um, we've cancelled that, a couple of weeks of land management stuff. There are a few other things. So those important cultural and land management stuff, um, it's been put on hold for now. Just so everybody knows, Alfred actually sent me a, a note with areas that we could discuss uh, in the podcast today, and you, you know, you you do talk about uh, also your ranger program and cultural burning. So they they're actually things that we all should be doing. A lot of our should be doing this. Oh, I just wanted to touch on it because you know we've seen what happened over the summer and how devastating the fires were. We knew this stuff was coming, and you know the scientific evidence has been around for a while, at least ten years or longer. And our, our people, our, our um, knowledge holders and stuff, they, they know, they could tell things are drying up. You know, the climate's um, going through a change of climate. Um, the government as, as leaders, they could be more proactive, could have been more proactive engaging with our uh, communities and, and seeing that, uh, hey, you got some discrete communities. Some of them are, a lot of them are, are surrounded by heavily timbered bushland, um, dangerous um, areas. And I'll go back to uh, October 2016. I attended a two-day conference up the um, up the head the head office of um, emergency services. So it was a conference around um, how do we protect discrete communities from the danger of fire. And there were some fire practitioners there from up north coast. There was some um, north Queensland. Um, at the ground level, um, so local RFS officers and stuff were, you know, they'd get some reports on someone's doing some fires, burning. Well, that happened to be some of our mob doing some of those cultural burns. That's what they were doing. So at that level, that bureaucracy, they were supportive, um, RFS, but nothing come of it. As far as I know, I don't know if there's any examples in New South Wales, there might well be, there's been some cultural burns happening, but as far as the cultural burns being the basis of land management, which they should be, given that this is, this is the times we're living in, I don't know if that's happening. Minimum five years ago, this stuff should have been implemented up here at Turinja, I say up here, but um, as far as up the coast where we just missed the really bad part of the fire, the fires that happened. Well, we think about our communities down south where they lost houses and stuff, you know. Mm. Um, we were a bit lucky up here. We got ember attacks at times. There's a bit of that. but And there was the nearest fire about five or six kilometres away. But, you know, this stuff is so important and relevant. Governments, if they really want to be fair to income about empowering our community, it could have evolved. It was would have could have started about you know safeguarding our communities but it could have evolved into safeguarding the wider community and with safeguarding communities i mean that sort of work around fire the need for that mm. remains but we can't do that now i'm hoping the government's going to um, get serious empower and resource our communities to implement these ranger programs. And the basis of that, as I said, is the fire management. 
You're listening to A Cuppa and a Yarn. I'm Michelle Alexandrovix Lovegrove and I'm speaking with Alfred Wellington, who's the CEO of Geringer Local Aboriginal Land Council, which is on the south coast of New South Wales, about uh, protecting community, about land management at a time of a global pandemic. Alfred, we know that these, these things and we want these things to be reality so there's capacity to be able to do this. How are you faring now? I mean, is it, I'd imagine a big pause button on all of that because, you know, you, you couldn't send a team of, of uh, rangers out really now, could you, even if you wanted to? So it, it's had a major impact on, I, I'd say, all this stuff, all land management teams getting together and be, being able to do this stuff. I'm sure a lot of our people have got ideas and why this is all happening and we're all open that, the good that will come from this is that we have a, a reset um, at the high levels of how how we're living, how we're treating Mother Earth, and we could do things a lot better in the future. I know that there's a, a lot of things that are being put on hold. Other things are having to change. Protecting community, making sure community stays safe, has water, has mm. food, is able to clean. This is just very basic stuff, but you know, I mean, mm. I told you the sto- yep. story earlier of uh, finally managed to get to get toilet paper this morning, and how I bolted down the shop when I was told that there was toilet paper. Mm. Mm. We had the same situation here where the the crazy panic buying happened. Mm. Um, um, we can find some sooner or later. I think um, that um, some of the um, support services are good. They um, they will end up supporting the communion providing at least the elders with some basic essentials, what they need. So I, I just appeal to people to sort of, to not get into this panic panic situation. I think that maybe it's all the panic stuff going on around us and we're getting sucked into that void of panic. Uh, our people are pretty um, reserved and stuff and they like to stay away from that sort of thing older people I'm talking about. So, I mean, that's a problem where, and that's where I think the young, our, uh, younger generation, you've got to step up and make sure they're okay with uh, medical staff. I know that um, local AMS, are, they're still providing a service in town and it's, it's all changed with us too. You can, you do the, uh, you know, on the phone um, consultation stuff. Mm. Um, if you really need to see a doctor, there's processes to go through with that. So um, everyone's adjusting. Alfred, thank you so much for your time having a cuppa and a yarn today. And I do know that you, you do have a cuppa and you actually went yeah. home to get one and bring it back to the Lauk. So thank you. And I'm sitting here with a cuppa too, even though we're doing yeah. it sort of in a virtual world and, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. not face to face. For your members, just to finish, any members concern or how to contact you or I mean, I'm sure they know, but is there yeah. anything you'd like to say to your community? I'd like to say be careful, stay safe, follow precautions, try to switch off and adaptation. You know, our ancestors were so successful and lived a whole this living culture in the world for a reason. And the reason is that, that, that adaptation skills that were applied to different changes in 
environment and society. So that's what we need to do. Alfred Wellington, thank you very much for a cup of any yarn. Thank you, Michelle. I've um, enjoyed it. Thank you. You can do Nayaniya Baria, Nayaniya Mananiya Mananiya Mananiya.